Welcome to this live edition of the Mile High Endurance and 303 Radio podcast. Uh, Bill Pluck and myself are really honored to have four-time English Channel crosser all at one time, nonstop, Sarah Thomas with us. Sarah, thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me. It's been, we've been so excited about this interview. We want to get to know you. We want our audience here to get to know you a little bit. Before we get into this amazing thing that you've done... We want to get to know you a little better. Okay. And so we have this little game we like to play called Two Truths and a Lie, where we ask our guests for three statements about themselves, two of which are truths, one of which is a lie, and Bill and I are going to try to guess which is which. <laughs> now we have body nice. language. Now we yeah. have body, body language. language. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, you know, we play this game on so my I'm going to take sometimes. your pulse while you're doing yeah, this. You can tell. sweaty. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> my team does this with me sometimes on my long swims to keep me, like, occupied. Ah, so okay, people sure. on the crew will, so I'm usually the guesser. Oh, I'm not I usually see. the teller. So you play a little <laughs> trivial pursuit while you're swimming. Yeah. So we're flipping oh, okay. the tables on you. Here. Yeah. So whenever you're ready, give us your three statements, two of which are truths, one of which is a lie. I can't think of my lie. Oh, well. Um, well hang on. I'm going to come up with something. Okay. Well, that's good. Okay. Um, let's see here. I have three dogs. The farthest I've ever swum is 104 miles. And I really hate cats. Okay. Uh, I'd say your lie is you hate cats. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Our cat died this summer. Aww. We miss him. <laughs> right. I can tell. So you have three dogs. We do have three dogs. Uh, what are the dogs' names? Um, Lucy and Zoe are beagles. And okay. Kelsey Jo is this like weird border collie corgi mix. Okay. She's very goofy looking. Yeah. Do you have a favorite? No. (laughs) I don't know. Um, My husband would tell you that I love Lucy the most. Okay. All right. She's my girl. She's dumb. She's the dumbest dog you'll ever meet. (laughs) So when you talk about the distance that you swam, the longest Mm -hmm. distance that you swam, 108 miles, you said? 104. 104 miles. Mm Mm-hmm. Does that, is that like um, as the crow flies or is that take into account currents and all that sort of thing? Yeah, that distance is um, what I did in Lake Champlain. So yeah. that was a nonstop swim in a lake, basically point to point. So point to no point. currents, yeah, nothing, just straight 104 miles. How long did that take you? 67 hours. And there's no sharks in there, so it's like mind, mind free, right? Um, there's lampreys in there. Oh, really? Yeah, don't Google them. They're scary. <laughs> wow. Um, they're like... They're eels, and they have, like, weird mouths. Oh, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. and they, like, s- attach to you. Have you ever had one? No, but we saw them. And I thought oh. they were going to be, like, you know, like, normal size. Like, yeah. you could, like, grab them. But we swam. Did you grab one? I didn't, but we swam through a bunch of them. Um, and I didn't see them, thank goodness. But my crew did, and they're all, like, laughing, you know, like, covering their mouths <laughs> and, like, trying not to look at me. And I, later I asked, I'm like, how big were they? And my husband was like, big, like as big as his forearm. And I was like, I'm glad I didn't have to run into one of those. Wow, no kidding. Because that would have scared me. They well, were we, there. We've got, a, we've got a lot to cover before yes. we get to that. Um, let's start back with, tell us about where you grew up and kind of like, what was your introduction to sport? Like, what was your first sport? Swimming. Swimming. Really? I mean. Straight through it. Yeah, we tried other sports. 
Like, I'm a really bad basketball player. Okay. Um, you know, I played, like, volleyball in middle school. I'm terrible with things that involve balls. I'm a terrible runner. Um, they tried to get me to run track one season, and I'm like, no, nope, I'm not going to do it. So I've, try- I've tried other sports, but, yeah, I've been on a swim team basically since I was 10. Since you were 10. You said we. So there's some siblings in there? Oh, I have a lot of siblings. Yeah, tell us about your siblings. <laughs> um I'm a blended family, so okay. I've got four sisters and a brother of okay. one full sister and the rest are half. Okay. All right. So, All right. big family. So, you uh, start swimming at the age of 10. What What was your distance, you know, in high school? You know, I started off, I was a breaststroker mm-hmm. beginning, um, and then I quit getting better. Mm-hmm. And my coach said, well, why don't we try you in the mile? So, they threw me into the distance events, and that is what stuck. Oh, okay. So, that was... That was your, that was your, you wanted to do longer stuff. Yeah, that was, yeah, it was a, definitely a much better fit just from like a mental standpoint once I gave up on the breaststroke thing. I think it was probably my sophomore, junior year of high school that we started in with like the 500, the 800, the mile. What did you like the most about it? Like what was like, what was the attraction to swimming longer distance? Yeah, well, it takes me forever to get warmed up. So, oh, okay. <laughs> um, you know, I'm trying to sprint at 200 and I'm not... I'm not going until the end of it. So in a mile, you get a little bit more time to warm up into it. Um, and I always joke because turns out I needed more than a mile. You know, like my first 10K swim, I was like, oh, this is better. <laughs> We're going to warm up for the first 5K, Yeah, exactly, right? yeah. Then, then pour it on. Yeah, I can sprint a 10K. <laughs> what was your first sort of uh, open water endurance swim that was of, of a substantial length? Yeah, um, I started with the horse tooth 10K. Oh, yeah. Um, that's local here in Fort Collins. So that was my first my first one. And, and when was that? In 2007. 2007. Okay. Yeah, it was 25. Wow. So, okay. Yeah. So were you like one of the youngest swimmers there? Um, on the younger end, yeah. Yeah. for sure. Um, I felt old, you know, like you're out of college, your like swimming career is over. And then all of a sudden I'm doing this like weird 10K thing. Um, my college, like two of my college friends kayaked for me and I'm like, this is weird. Um, and then it was awesome. So you, you weren't swimming professionally. You're, no. you've got a full-time job. Like what's your career yeah. outside of swimming? Yeah, I am a healthcare recruiter. Okay. So I lucky I get to work from home, but you know, it's a 40 plus hour a week job. So I do all my swimming around working. Yeah. Well, so. All right, so talk about the training for an ultra swim or even a 10K let me, swim. Let me ask yeah, a bit yeah, more. Yeah. So talk about the progression from a horse tooth, oh, which yeah. a lot of people have done, right. right, to maybe that first kind of scary channel crossing or right. that open, you know, the swim in the ocean. Where, right. where did, how did that progress? Yeah, so I did that horse tooth 10K maybe three years in a row. And somewhere in like year two or three, I was like, I think I could do more um, and because of horse tooth, I was meeting people that had done channel swims um, and they're just regular people, you know, I'm like, they're regular like me. If they can do it, maybe I can, maybe I can do it too. So, um, I guess it was in 2010. So that was when I did my very first long swim, 21 miles in the Catalina channel. Okay. So, so that's kind of where I jumped from 10 K to 20 miles. To Catalina channel. Mm-hmm. That's scary. It was. And you start at night <laughs> in the middle for that one. You start at like midnight. There's sharks in that one. There are sharks yeah. in that one. Yeah, yeah. For 
for sure. Um, wow. I was too dumb. I don't think I knew what I was getting myself <laughs> into. That's crazy. Ignorance Did, is bliss. What other channels have you swam around the world? Um, let's see here. I have swum the English Channel, obviously. Yeah, four times. <laughs> yeah, four, four times. times. <laughs> I started with it once. Um, I've swum around the island of Manhattan. Um, Interesting. Oh, that's the man, the marathon. Yeah, Manhattan the marathon. Manhattan Island Marathon yeah, swim. Yeah. yeah, it's like twenty eight and a half miles, but that one has a good current assist because it's in the rivers. Oh. Um, let's see here. I have swum down and back across Lake Tahoe. Okay. Um, yep. So that's like forty two that. miles in that vicinity. Um, I have swum the length of Loch Ness. Like fifteen people in the world have done that because um, it's really cold. It's like fifty two degree water. Um, Wow. And if the weather's not nice, then it can be kind of brutal. Wow. So that's a big one. I'm trying to think of it. Have the you done the New Zealand? The, the, oh, yeah. I had, you yeah. did that? I have swum um, between the two islands of New Zealand. I did that in March. So I, I knew a guy that was doing that. I swam at the DAC, and he was mm-hmm. training there. Okay. And he would swam for the Israeli Olympic team. Oh, cool. I forget his name off the top of my head now. But we talked about that swim, and the, channel, the currents on that one are really crazy, mm-hmm. right? How was mm-hmm. that swim? That swim... Um, you know, I was about six months, I know we're going to talk about this later, but I was um, about six months out of radiation treatment. So it was like really my first big swim back. Um, and that swim is relatively short. Um, so I wasn't like mentally prepared for it to be super brutal. Um, I was thinking it would take me like maybe nine or 10 hours. Um, and we had a really rough day. The weather was just like rotten. It was really windy. And the currents went were just crazy. Um, and that swim took me 14 hours. Um, and I thought it was going to take nine. So, um, it it was definitely a battle of wills. Um, there was another girl who had started the swim basically at the same time that I did. Um, and she swam for about 12 hours and decided she'd had enough. Um, it was brutal. I was swallowing water. I was sick. It was crazy. Is there one that stands out as the hardest of all the different things you've done? You know, I usually what jumps out to me is Catalina, that very first one I did. I didn't have my nutrition dialed in yet. Um, I was definitely well-trained. It wasn't that, but I bonked really hard. So, like, the last four hours of that swim were probably the most pain I've ever been in. Wow. And so the English Channel, probably since it's so it's notoriety is mm-hmm. unparalleled, no doubt, and four times. How many miles total was that then? Um, as the crow flies, it's 84 miles. Okay. How many miles did you swim? You know, I don't even really know. You don't know. Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, you weren't I, checking your Garmin. No, every I wasn't. Hour I wasn't checking it. The, um, <laughs> the currents just push and pull you so much. It doesn't. It's almost irrelevant to me. So wow. it took about as long as I thought it was going to take. So. And you pilot boat and help you navigate the currents because right. I was looking at the map and you had all kinds of yes. interesting yeah. tracks. Yes, we went. Um, you can go on an neap tide or a spring tide. Um, spring tides move a lot more. So we went on a spring tide. Um, so I knew going into it that we were going to get pushed and pulled a lot. And then you just have to trust your boat captain. He's probably taken at least 100 people across over the years. So he knows what he's doing. So you just trust him to know what the currents are doing. Follow so the boat. What went into that decision? Like, why did you make the decision to do the spring tide versus the other um you know he booked me on both um so there's usually a really long wait list to swim the english channel and so when i reached out to him originally i said hey i've got this really crazy idea um he knew that we needed a big window Hmm. um so he booked me um, a week on a neap tide and a week on a spring tide um and the weather was not good that first week 
Mm-hmm. Uh, we would have preferred to have gone on a neap tide, but the weather conditions were not ideal for that. So when the English Channel gives you 48 hours of good weather, you take it. Can you describe the difference between those tides and kind of like why one's more preferent? preferable than the other? Yeah, just the neap tide, um, the water isn't moving as much, right? Okay. So um, you, I would have had a much more direct path. It ah. probably would have taken roughly the same time, um, just because on the spring tide, I was swimming more and moving more, but the currents were a lot stronger. Right. So, it, you know, if you compared my overall speed on the spring tide to a neap tide, I probably appeared to be swimming a lot faster on that spring tide, but that was just because the currents were pushing and pulling in weird ways. So, so maybe before we get into some of the specifics of that swim and, and the feet in general, mm-hmm. I googled top human endurance feats of all time. Okay. Okay. And it's a little goofy, right? Because sometimes, like, this guy was the number one on the list. He did a um, an hour and a half plank. Oh, God. Okay. Cool. <laughs> that sounds terrible. That's hard. <laughs> or Jack Lane, second, towing 70 rowboats while shackled. That sounds Difficult, fun. no doubt. Mm-hmm. But I, I sort of like to focus on maybe a skilled athletic endurance event, not mm-hmm. just something anybody could do if they were just dumb right. enough, right? <laughs> so I personally think Alex Hanold's climb up El Capitan, because obviously any slip, he dies. Right. Heart rate goes up, he dies. Right. There's no right. There's no out. Yeah, I was sick just watching Free Solo. Yeah. <laughs> where, where, where is your feet in this, in this list? I don't know. Hopefully above the guy towing rowboats. I would have, but it, but I mean, clearly it's one of for the ages. Nobody's done it. Right. How does that feel to you? That's a hard question. Um, you know, I've progressed, you know, like I did hard swims leading up to it. So to me, it was just another swim and I still kind of trying to grasp the idea that it meant something to other people in the way that it did. So, you know, for me, I just did a swim. You know, I've been dreaming about it for three years, um, planning for it, training for it, thinking about it, and I just did it. So I don't know where I would put it on the list. Because it's <laughs> going to be on there at some point. This was written yeah. before your okay. accomplishment. It's got to it's gotta show up at some point, right? And, and it was funny because we were talking before this started, and... I'm just going to label you the Forrest Gump of swimmers because <laughs> you told me that yep. you didn't expect a camera crew to be there when you finished. No. You didn't even expect all of these people no. like us wanting to interview right. you. Not you just clue. went out and swam like he went out and run. Right. I was, I was watching this last night, by the way. On okay. the, and, I was with, and the running scene is always my favorite because mm-hmm. he starts with a, no beard and he has a beard. Yep. And then there's, yep. That's how it was for you, right? Yeah. So I you mean, just wanted to go swim. Yeah, I just... It was something I thought I could do, and I thought it would be cool, and wanted to prove something to myself. I don't know. Um, went and did it. Was it the specific idea of doing the four channel, sw- channel mm-hmm. crossings? That yes. was the specific idea? Yes. When did that occur to you? In the shower? In, in a conversation with a mentor? Like, yeah. When did it occur to you? Yeah, I was actually sitting on a, on a boat in the English Channel watching one of my friends do it. Um, uh. And I was training for, I was in the middle of training for my first 80 mile swim. Um, and I kind of, you know, I hadn't been back to England since I had done my own swim and I'm sitting there and watching him and thinking, man, this is just 80 miles. You know, if I can do 80 miles in a couple of months, maybe, maybe I'd like to come back and try it. Um, I knew that people had done it three times before. Four people have swum it three times, but no one had ever done it four. 
And so that, you know, really, it was just watching my friends swim, thinking, this is a pretty special place. I'd like to, I'd like to come back here and see what maybe I could do. Just to see what you could do. Mm-hmm. Did you know, I mean, did you consciously think, that will make history? I mean, no. No, just, no. I just want to swim. Yeah, I just want okay. to come it's very simple. We're making this awfully complicated, aren't we? I know. <laughs> I know. You didn't get sponsors. You didn't no, get... yeah, there's, I, you know, there's very little sponsors to be had in the world of open water swimming. I bet they wish they had sponsored you now, <laughs> right? know, with all the yeah. coverage and the yeah. whatever. That's interesting. Yeah. So you did mention um, that you uh, are... You were diagnosed with breast cancer. You've mm-hmm. gotten treated. Yep. You had you went through um, radiation. Yep. Uh, tell us about tell us about your diagnosis and, and kind of what the treatment plan was. Yeah. Um, and when did that when did this all occur? In, sure. In, your, in this time frame. Yeah. So you know I finished my Lake Champlain swim of 104 miles in August of 2017, and then in late October of 2017, I found a lump in my breast on my own. I um, mean, by the time I like waited for my doctor to call me back and all that good stuff. Don't wait, ladies. Just tell your doctor it's an emergency. Um, I waited uh, too long. Um, So I was officially diagnosed at the end of November. Um, Started chemo in December. Stage two? Stage two. Two, Yeah, stage two. Um, So we did chemo first. Um, Usually usually a surgery comes first, um, but because of the particular type of breast cancer that I had, we did chemo first. Mm -hmm. So... um, We did, it was like 16 weeks, basically, of chemo. No, 20 weeks, 16 different injections of chemo. Um, Over 20 weeks, I got a month off, and then we did a mastectomy, and then I had about six weeks of recovery. Um, I climbed to 14er in that time frame. Wow. Um, (laughs) And then I started radiation. Okay. And um, how, how difficult was that chemo treatment? I mean, in terms of, like, the physical toll on your body. You do a lot of things that have a physical toll on your body, yep. right? How, how did that compare? And to, and to come back from that. Yeah. Um, you know, I swam a lot during chemo. Um, you know, I was basically, I had chemo every Thursday. Um, my nurses thought I was a little bit nuts because I'd always go swim before chemo. Um, so I'd come in, my heart rate would be real high. And they're like, are you all right? And I'm like, I'm fine. I just got out of the pool. Um, so, you know, chemo didn't destroy me a whole lot you know I was clearly tired you know my endurance was down um not swimming super fast in the pool I wasn't trying to um but you know it's important to me to keep doing something Uh, my doctors really encouraged activity during that time as long as I wasn't like making myself sick um so I was pretty active during chemo um which I think actually helped me with a lot of the symptoms and side effects of it Um, I remember going in for like a, just a follow-up ultrasound right before my surgery. Um, and that doctor was like, I think you're the fittest cancer patient I've ever had, which I'm sure is not true. Um, but she was, you know, impressed with like my muscles um, because I had been swimming so much. Um, and so obviously surgery was really tough because I couldn't be in the water for like six weeks after surgery um, because of all the incisions and all of that healing. So that was really tough. And about the time that I was healed from surgery is when we started radiation. I mean, radiation is what just absolutely destroyed me. Um, It's every day. Um, So I was going in at like 830 every day. Um, It takes like 15 minutes. So you're in and out, but then it just zaps your energy. So I'd go in first thing in the morning, I'd go back to work. And then by the time like five or six came around in the evening, I was just done. Um, and it was hard. That was a really hard five, six week period of getting through radiation. How, how did you find the energy to train during that? 
Um, I didn't swim a lot during radiation. Okay. That's right. for sure. Um, I tried to as much as I could, um, but it was hard. Um, again, I was trying to go in before my treatment in the morning, so get in like a morning swim. Um, but it was exhausting. It was tough. Yeah. Um, it was really what. Let's Not talk the about best, my favorite part of my life. Yeah. <laughs> talk about the motivation. So before the cancer, you're mm-hmm. clearly motivated. You're already mm-hmm. doing these things. Right. Has it changed your outlook having the cancer? Did it change how you are motivated or maybe how you view your life ahead and do these swims or what other endeavors you might have? Has it changed that? I would say so. Um, you know, I went into, someone asked me going into this English Channel swim, like, do you think you're ready? Like, are you recovered enough to do it? And I said, you know, I know that physically I'm not a hundred percent yet. Um, I still have another surgery that I need to do that I've been postponing that will actually make things a lot better for me once it's done. Um, I'm not as fast as I was, you know, there's just things about me physically that are very different now than they were two years ago. Um, but mentally I, you know, I was definitely mentally strong ahead of time, but I do think that this gave me like a little extra something, you know, there's, more of a purpose or a motivation um, just to prove to myself that I'm fine. You know, I can still do it. That makes sense. Yeah. So um, why don't we talk about the like specific preparation for the, the channel crossing. So talk mm-hmm. about like, what was the, what was your training plan? Like, like what, what's the volume of training that you're doing? It's a lot of volume. Do you bring a tent, <laughs> do you bring a tent to the pool and just stay there all day? You, you, you uh, swim in college, right? Yep. So, yep. I mean, what, like, how many meters were you swimming a week in college? You know, I, I that's a good question. I don't actually know that. Okay. Um, I can tell you definitively that I train more now than I did okay. in college, yeah. okay. um, for sure. Um, just if I go back and, like, run the numbers, I can tell you I definitely train more now. So what, is a t- what did a typical week look like in the weeks leading up to the Yeah, uh, so I... Um, I basically made a one-year training plan because radiation finished at the end of August and I knew I was going to be swimming the following September. So I had a one-year training plan that I like built up gradually. So I tried to do, you know, like a three to four week build and then a week recovery and then start over, you know, kind of like stair step it up. Um, So I had to start obviously really small, um, gentle, easy. Um, But by the end, um, I was kind of getting up to holding between like 90 and 100,000 kilometers. Wow. In what meters, period of time? Not in, a week? in a week, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's 90, a lot. So 90K a week, basically. 90K a week. And how many 90 hours to is that? Like 20 to 30 hours, easy. 20 to 30 hours, working full time. Yes. Okay. What kind of pool? Salt water, chlorine? Um, I swim at Carmody. Oh, yeah. Okay. Whatever that is. It's yeah. something weird. It's just, it's, it's just chlorine. <laughs> yeah. In the 50 meter, you probably like um, but You know, they only have 50 meter there on like Sunday mornings. Right. Um, and Sundays are outside swimming time. So, um, you know, I usually swim a few hours after work on like Mondays, Wednesdays. Do doubles on Tuesdays, Thursdays. Friday's my day off. And then really long ones on the weekend. Okay. Does that chlorine get to you after a while? Because it gets to me. When yeah, I, yeah. It really gets to me. It fries my eyebrows off. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So yeah. uh, you also, you're, you're spending a lot of time swimming. You're spending a lot of time working. You're probably not getting a lot of sleep. I don't know. Are you getting, I try. Are you trying to get eight hours of sleep? I try really hard. Yeah, okay. Sometimes I miss, but I try really hard. How do you train for being awake for 54, well, more than that? Mm-hmm. You started at midnight. 
50 plus hours, 54 hours. Yeah. How do you stay awake for that? I mean, yeah, I don't think that's something you can train, train for. for. Um, the first time I was planning like a multi-day swim, I told myself, you know, I was going to like go to work on a Friday and then stay awake all weekend. And that's just not feasible. Um, yeah. It's actually, I think, impossible. Um, so I never actually tried it before I did it the first time. Um, and I just think you have to go for it. Um, I did a lot of research. I talked to people. Um, I'm a big fan of like the Barkley Marathon. So yeah. oh, oh. watching, you know, I watched <laughs> okay. you know, that Netflix documentary, right? And those yep. guys are staying awake for like 50, 60 hours. So I was like, well, these like wimpy runners can do it. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Yeah, I'm that's kidding. Great. They're really tough. They inspired me. Um, so if they could do it, I knew that I could do it. So it's just a matter of like staying mentally strong and mentally tough through it. And um, knowing when you need to start having some caffeine. Well, that's an interesting, because that is a different dynamic. For a, for an ultra runner, it's pretty easy for them to get some nutrition in, because they're not treading water. Right. Talk about the process of, like, how do you feed, and, like, how were the timings of the feedings? What were they? How did it get to you? Like, tell us about that. Yeah, so everything basically has to be thrown down to me. Um, so most of what I consume is liquid. Um, so I use a product called Carbo Pro. So it's all straight maltodextrin. Basically, I toss in a little bit of protein powder, um, and then I alternate with either a noon electrolyte tab or some apple juice, just for some variety. And I stop every like half an hour. And they just toss it down. I chug the water, basically, um, usually about eight ounces in every half an hour. So I get about 250 calories ish um, every 30 minutes. Just tied it to a rope. Yeah, just tied to a rope on, attached to a carabiner, and yeah, when I'm done, they just <laughs> reel it back up. At nighttime, they stick a glow stick on it so I can see it, and we just that is just kind of the rhythm. Um, when I get into like longer multi-day swims, I do like to mix in some solid foods as I can. It's awkward from a big boat down to me, so um, catch these M and M's. Yeah, that's what they were sticking M and M's in a water bottle, and I was like drinking the M and M's out of a water bottle, which I had never done that before. That was just like so a craving a I got in the middle, and they, I was like, I want M and M's, and then I, they had to figure out how to get them to me. <laughs> I was like, that works. Well, so you must ingest some seawater just mm -hmm. naturally yeah. by breathing and whatnot. Yeah. So I, I assume you don't need to really take salt like a an Ironman, right? Because right? you're yeah. probably getting um, too much. Yeah, almost. And, yeah, in fresh water, that is a. I do have to make sure that I'm getting enough of that type of stuff, um, especially if it's hot water. Um, but in the English Channel, that was not a concern. But do, how about upset stomach, though, because of the salt water? Um, you know, I got really sick on this English Channel swim. Um, I had never been sick on any swims previous to this. Um, I actually think there was um, it was the brand of apple juice that I was using more than the salt water that was making me sick. Because um, as soon as we quit giving me the apple juice. Huh. So we just stuck straight with the noon tabs. Um, I quit. So we're selling this to noon. Just yeah, so I, mean, I was just going to yeah. say, yeah, you've got a new sponsor. I, I know. I, I, use, I train <laughs> with noon. I love noon. <laughs> That's so, but you, but you did get sick. So oh, how yeah. did you overcome that? I vomited a lot. Really? Yeah. There's some good videos of my husband making fun of me vomiting. Oh yeah. Which is, he's okay. really compassionate. How do you, keep, um, how do you keep going? Cause I, yeah, when I, I vomit, I, I'm pretty much done. I threw up a lot. Wow. Um, I threw up like six hours in whatever I'd eaten the night before wasn't sitting well in my stomach. So I threw that up and I was like really excited. I was like, yay, now I'm going to feel better. Um, and so then I was fine maybe for like another 12 hours or so. Um, and then just nothing wanted to like stay in my stomach. So we got to the turnaround point in England. So we'd swum from England to France and we we're back in England and it's been about 24 hours. 
um, and I had been kind of fighting it for a while. Um, my friend was in the water with me, um, kind of at the turn. She had some like extra stuff, like if I wanted to try something solid. So she was like, do you want to try something else? But she, cause she could hand it easily to me at that point. Um, so I tried some like baby food, um, bananas, like in a pouch, mm. which that stuff is usually really nice. Um, and it went down so good and I was so excited. And then I like puked it right back up. Mm. And then for like the next six hours, like every 30, 45 minutes, I was vomiting. Wow. Um, they almost pulled me. Like, How did um, you get your keep nutrition? Yeah, they were, um, the observer and the boat pilot were like, you know, if she can't stop vomiting, we're going to have to pull her. Um, but it was weird because I was still swimming fast, right? Like I'm still out there. I'm still holding my pace. I'm not deteriorating physically, but I'm just vomiting. Um, you know, and I'm concerned about it, right? Because I'm like, how can I keep swimming if I don't have any fuel, if I'm dehydrated? Um, finally I stopped vomiting. I supplemented with some extra M&Ms to replenish my calories. Um, Carbo Pro is amazing. Um, and it really just, it, it got me back on track and you I was fine. Yeah, I was totally fine. Um, so talk about the, the rules a little bit because you said yeah. the observer and mm-hmm. they, they were going to pull you potentially. Mm-hmm. Is that their decision? Mm-hmm. That is, I mean, anyone on my crew technically can do it, but if the observer says she's done, they have final say. Who's the observer work for? Or is it? Yeah. So when you swim the English Channel, there's two organizations that ratify it. So there's the Channel Swimming Association and the Channel Swimming and Piloting Federation. And I was with the CSNPF. That's just the group that I went with. Um, and they provide the observers. So you pay a sanctioning fee to them. Um, they sent two observers who like took notes and made sure I was following all the rules. Like, what are some of the rules? Like, I know you can't wear a wetsuit. Right, obviously. no wetsuit. Um, you can only wear like one just regular textile swimsuit. Um, one swim cap it cannot be neoprene, so it has to be latex or silicone. Um, you can wear earplugs and a nose piece if you want a nose plug. Um, I don't know who would do that. That would be really uncomfortable, no, but that's no. an option. Um, and then otherwise, you can't touch anybody. Right. So no one can um, like physically do anything for you. So like if I needed to reapply sunscreen or anything like that, I had to do it myself. Um, trying to think of the other main rules. Basically, no touching and no wetsuits. That's kind of the biggest. Can you touch the others? Like in this case, you got to, to France. Yeah. So that's the, they do have set rules for when you're doing a turn. Um, so the rules for making a turn is you have to either clear the water. when So you get to you get to France, you walk out on the beach, you clear it, but then you have to re-enter it immediately. Okay. So you can't like, I guess back can't in the day, nap. yeah, you can't take a nap. And back in the day, someone um, was like getting out of the water and then like running up the shore to like a better place to get back in. So you can get out and you have to re-enter and you have to begin swimming again within 10 minutes. Okay. So if you get to a place where there's not a beach, which is what happened to me, you basically just touch the rock or get to the highest ground that you can and then clearly you're still in the water. So you said what my, happened to you? Did yeah, you not all, plan that? Yeah, I was envisioning beaches, um, and I did not find a beach. <laughs> really? Yeah. So you're you're approaching France in yep. this case, yep. and you just like walls of rock. Yeah, it's um the point like the closest point um, from Dover is um, I never say it right because it's French, but we just call it the Cap Cap Grisnay. Um and it is rocky, um, and I didn't expect that we would finish there. Um, cause you do have to kind of time it perfectly. Um, it's a testament to my boat captain that he landed me there both times. Wow. Um, but it is, it's just rocky. Um, so I literally like the first time the currents were really strong in that area. Um, 
So, like, I almost missed it. Both times I have to, like, sprint in because the currents are about to, like, push me past it. And if you miss it, it's, like, another hour until you can, like, get into the shore just the way the French coastline works. Mm -hmm. So, sprinting in, like, literally grabbing a rock and, like, hauling myself to a stopping position. Um, And, like, using the rock, you know, like, the current is, like, pushing me and, like, using the rock um, to stop me from moving. You get hurt. No, I, 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 I was, yeah, I was kind of terrified that I was going to get hurt on that first turn because it was really rocky. So, yeah. That That's not twice. what I envisioned at all. Yeah. I figured you just roll into a beach. Nope. Turn around nope. and roll back out. Yep. Nope. Wow. Um, yeah, it is on my turn in England. So, so I've been to France. I've been at the rocks. Coming back to England, I already said I wasn't feeling well. Um, I could tell that we were basically going to finish right where I had started. So there's a beach there. So I had it in my head that they were going to land me on the beach. Um, and I, like, got it. And it's a really rocky beach, so it's not sand or nice anyway. But I was really looking forward to, like, sitting on the beach for, like, a minute, you know, like, stretching my back. And I wasn't feeling well, and I thought that would be a really good chance to refresh. But we hit the currents perfectly, but that meant that all the other boats were going out again. So there was, like, a crowd of boats at the beach. And so I would have had to have waited my turn which could have been like half an hour. So they just sent me down the coast, you know, like a hundred yards to the seawall. And so I'm touching the wall and I'm like, where's the beach? (laughs) Um, And my friend Elaine, who was trying to give me the baby food, um, she's like, sorry, we had to come down here. And I like lost it. I'm like, I'm devastated. Mm. I wanted to sit on the beach. Um, And she's like, you know, she, nothing we can do about it at that point. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And then I'm vomiting. So. It was great. There's nothing it's about this graceful. sounds fun, just yeah. so you know. <laughs> yeah, you were looking forward to this yeah, for two years yeah. now. Yeah. It was not fun at that point. Um, and I was miserable. And I did, um, you know, I'm throwing up. And I, my 10 minutes are up, right? So the boat's yelling at me, like, you got to keep, you have to start swimming again. And so I swam out to the boat. And they had to listen to me for, like, a solid six hours. I don't feel good. I want to quit. I want to get out. You know, and I'm physically throwing up. Like, I don't know how they didn't just say, Sarah, you're fine. How did you, you keep didn't? going? They just didn't let me out. They just didn't let you out. It was <laughs> yeah. that simple. Like you, yeah. you would have quit if somebody. Yeah, if they had. If said, somebody had given you a permission, yeah, you exactly. would have quit. Yeah, if anyone on that boat had said, "Yeah, I don't think that you can do it," I would have been out. You know, I'm like fantasizing about being in my dry towel. You know, my dry clothes, taking a nap on the bunks. Like two laps of the English Channel is great. You know, <laughs> yeah. like that is fabulous. Like I did so good. You know, I'm sick. Um, wow. So it really is tough love. Yeah. I mean, I mean yeah, they were they really were, looking yes, out for you to do yes. this. My mother was on the boat and she was not happy about those moments. Um, but they did. They just kept, you know, because remember, it's the middle of the night again. So they just kept telling me, swim until the sun comes up. You will feel better when the sun comes up. Um, and by the time the sun came up, I wasn't vomiting anymore. Um, everything had kind of settled. I was peeing regularly again. So, like, we weren't concerned about anything. And I did. I, when the sun came up and I was kind of settled, I said, I told him, I was like, hey, guys, just want you to know I'm going to make the turn when we get to France. And I'm sure at that point they were like, God dang it. <laughs> um, I didn't say that, but um, yeah. So um, is there ever a thought about going five, going um, six? I mean, where's your limit? I don't know. I don't think six. Um, you know, my last lap was kind of crazy. Like if you look at the track, the current's. Um, pushed and pulled me pretty hard. Um, I think if that lap had gone more according to plan, um, 
five would not have been outside of the realm of possibility. Could you have done that, or were you? Did you sell them four and you're out? Or um, like you know, you- it's funny. My boat captain before we swam, he actually made a joke. He's like, if you get back to France at the end of four, you know, we can negotiate number five over the rail. <laughs> wow. So, so they would have done it had you said. Yeah, if I had really wanted to. Yeah. Um, I definitely did not want to in that moment. Like, in that swim, there was no chance that I was turning around and going back. Um, but had lap number four gone a little bit more according to plan, I'm not going to say. I mean, the swim only, only took 54 hours, and I've done 67. So it's not like it's outside of the realm of possibility from a time standpoint it's really a matter of um, getting the currents exactly right um, and getting the weather exactly right and those are two big things that you can't necessarily control so we have triathletes here watching this Mm -hmm. and we've done different ironmans and shorter distances and had waves and been in salt water and you know we we have to sight right Mm -hmm. so that's a that's a skill that's a challenge it makes it maybe a little different but Mm -hmm. Because you didn't really, don't really have to sight, but right. but yet I gotta believe sometimes there's some pretty big waves, mm-hmm. and you may not be able to see the ship that well. Mm-hmm. What's that like, just navigating? Can you just literally put your head down, or do you kind of have to? Yeah, um, keep cognizant. It, yeah, you have to be aware of where the boat is. I have a strong tendency to go left. Um, I just I pull left all the time, um, and I always have to warn boat captains like, I'm gonna swim left. I will come back to you. I promise. Um, so I do just have to follow the boat. Um, the English Channel boat was good because it's you know pretty well lit. Um, it didn't have issues with that. I will say when I was in the Cook Strait in March, um, I was following just like a little rib um, with two guys on it, right? Um, and the waves were so bad, like there were times I could not actually see it. So yeah, I did have to do a little bit more of like picking my head up, like where am I, where am I going kind of a thing. Not scary. an issue in the English Channel. That'd be scary at night. Yeah, that would be scary at night. They probably wouldn't let you swim at night if it was like that. Yeah, wow. So fast forward a little bit. You've had this horrible day, kind of. I mean, didn't sound too fun. But you're doing it, which is amazing. <laughs> yeah. Talk about the finish line. Like, you know, like in an Ironman, for instance, yeah. we're, sometimes they're not very fun either, right? Right. But you get that adrenaline. You get uh, that excitement. Talk about the last, when you knew you were going to make it. Like, it was no doubt in your head. You I were, didn't know I was going to make it until were, I landed. Like, quarter mile or 100 yards. I didn't know. Um, maybe 100 yards. Um, what what, what, what yeah, happened in your head? Yeah. So, the last lap was crazy. Um, the, I, I didn't know stuff was going wrong um, until maybe, like, 3 in the morning. Because I thought I was going to finish about 3 in the morning. Um, 3 or 4 in the morning is about when I thought I was going to be done. Just based off of how long the other laps had taken me. And... A couple of times in the night, they were like, Sarah, you need to sprint. There's a weird current pushing you. So, you know, you're like 48 hours into a swim, and they're like, hey, sprint, go. Um, that is really hard to do. <laughs> um, and so, you know, and at that point, it's it's dark, right? But I can see the lights of England ahead of me. But it's all, you know, you've got your goggles on, so you can't see really well. So everything's kind of blurry. Like, at one point, I thought we were almost there because, like, a big container ship went by. And I thought that was England, but it was actually just a ship. <laughs> um, so I got my wow. hopes up for a minute. That'd and be scary just to have a ship. Yeah, kind of, yeah. yeah. Jeez. Um, it was, I mean, it was far enough. They talked to the boat captain, yeah. so they know. Um, but, you know, they kept kept telling me, you're close. You're doing great. You're close. And I kept looking, and, like, the shore is not changing. Um, and I don't normally like to pick my head up and look, but they kept telling me I was close. So I'm, like, looking. So there was, like, four hours of, like, them telling me I'm close. <laughs> and the scenery's not, not changing. Cl- yeah, and, like, it's not it's not close. Um, and then, like, I, I realized, like, oh, my God, the sun is about to come up. <laughs> um, 
And so, and they're telling me like, there's swimmers on shore waiting for you. Like they're telling me all this and I can't see any of it. And then all of a sudden, um, so my friend Carl jumped in with me like for the last time, cause I can, you can have pace swimmers. They can only be in for like one hour oh. um, and they have to take a two hour break in between. So, but you can have people in with you uh, they have to stay behind you. They, you can't draft. There's all kinds of rules around that. But Carl jumped in and he was like, the tides are changing. We have to sprint one more time. And I didn't know where I was. Uh, what does a sprint I, mean? I mean, this in this context. I mean, this meant I had to friggin' kick my legs really hard. <laughs> for, for how long? Like for an hour. For an hour. Okay. For an what hour. What would say your pace per hundred be? Just because that's our world and it's yeah. where I was looking at our watch. And what pace per hundred do we run at right? Yeah. I don't know. It's so hard to say. Um, I will say Carl is a 30-year-old strapping young man. And when we landed in England, he was breathing really hard. Wow. So I kind of wore him out. Uh, wow. My other crew members that were with me, they had fins on um, to keep up with me. So, like, Craig got in with me, at, like, in the middle of the night at, like, 48 hours and told me to sprint. Um, and he had fins on and was still kind of, like, lagging behind me. Wow. If that gives you... Yeah, like, you're moving. Type. Yeah, so I was moving pretty, pretty good. So, yeah, so they got in and I sprinted for an hour at the end. And I didn't have any concept of, like, where I was. I knew I was somewhere close to Dover again, um, but I didn't know. And so I'm sprinting, and I was. I had my head down. I was not looking because um, I was just trying to breathe. Um, and I, did, I didn't know that I was going to finish um, until I actually saw the, like, land. So there was maybe, like, 10, 15 yards of, like, oh, gosh, I finally did it. I'm here. Wow. And at that point, it was just relief because I had been sprinting for an hour. You know, and like you could feel the water like moving, like the current was, it had, the tide had clearly changed. If you look at the track, um, people at home were like terrified that they had pulled me because we took a hard left um, just to like go across the current at the end. Um, and it, there was like icy water, like the English Channel is like 64 degrees uh, most of the way. And then all of a sudden I'm in this like turbid water and there's like icy cold patches. Um, it was kind of terrifying. Like, Sounds I like don't it. know what is actually happening right now. Um, wow. And so I landed and there's all these people, you know, like other swimmers and camera crews. And I didn't know where I was. Right. And I'm like, where am I? You know, <laughs> you it was hadn't just, planned on them being right, there. Right. You and I was just so, it. Yeah, yeah, I was so disoriented. Um, so that's what people are like, didn't it feel great? I'm like, I just didn't know what was happening. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah, someone gave me the M&Ms and the champagne, and I just remember like, eating these M&Ms <laughs> um, because I wasn't moving anymore. That's incredible. Yeah. Well, so just so you know, I'm going to move you up to number two. <laughs> okay. Maybe a, maybe a 1A or a 1B because that's pretty incredible that you were able to yeah, pull was, through that. It was and pretty crazy. That was a, Mentally, that just mm-hmm. it's probably hard to explain how you do that mentally. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, at that point, like, I was still feeling physically okay. You know, like, I wasn't, like, in pain, which was nice. You know, the end of my Lake Champlain swim, like, I could barely move my arms. Um, I think fresh water is a little bit harder to swim in for that amount of time. Salt water gives you that little bit of an extra boost. Imagine is what swimming in a wetsuit feels like. Um, you imagine. Yeah, 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 I imagine. You've never done it. Okay. No, never. Um, so I do think just the extra flotation of the salt water made it a little bit easier for me to have that extra energy to sprint at the end. Is your skin co- I mean, I was just, we were just in Kona covering mm-hmm. Ironman. I get about a half a mile into the swim and I'm like already getting a rash. I mean, yeah. how do you prevent some of that? Yeah. Um, lots and lots of lanolin, um, like in my armpits, um, around my suit straps. Um, I actually, this is really gross, but I grew my armpit hair out 
so that it wouldn't chafe as much in my armpits. Yep. Because um, guys don't typically chafe as much as girls do in that area, and I get it bad in salt water. So just lots of lanolin. Wow. Every time I turned around, at every turn, I put more lanolin on. That, is that the only place you could do it as on the turn? Um, I could have done it anywhere. It's just a little bit easier if I've yeah. got a place to like sit in calmer water. But again, they got to throw it to you, and yeah. you got to put yeah, it on. Yeah, gotta, they got to throw it to me. i got to put it on. It keeps you a little warmer, too. I don't think so. It, no? Yeah, there's that's like a, a myth, myth, but I don't okay. think that it does at okay. all. That's good to know. And do you yeah. gain myth weight busters. to do this for insulation purposes? You know, because um, I've talked to people that do that. Yes, I, that is a thing that people do. Um, you know, I was actually I gained like 20 to 30 pounds during my cancer treatment. Oh. Um, that is common with breast cancer, whatever medicines and drugs they give us. I mean, it's a lot of steroids. Um, but it's common for breast cancer patients to gain weight. So I actually worked really hard in that year to lose weight. And oh, I tell that to people and they're like, what? You lost weight for the English Channel? Yeah. Um, but I did. Did you lose weight during the event? I have no idea. You didn't get weight because no. people talk about yeah, how much they do, do lose. Yeah, I have no idea. Interesting. So what does it make you want to do it again? When you got out of the water, you're like, I'm done. Or is this like, it's just not at all. It's, you know, it was like some of the other longer swims. So not deterred. Yeah, for sure. Do you, um, do you have other channels or other bodies of water that are on your bucket list? Yeah, I, there's a Where couple. Where do you go from here? I know. that's There's nothing big planned. Um, people want to know that. I don't have any, like, current gigantic plans. Um, I get a little stir-crazy in the winter. So that is usually when my scheming starts. But there are swims that I would like to do. Like, I'd really love to go swim across Monterey Bay in California. Um, it's supposed to be really beautiful. Hmm. Um, and there's just other, you know. Lakes. I really love lakes. Mm-hmm. So there's other places. Is there Great Lakes challenges like, you know, in Lake Michigan or yeah, Superior? Yeah, there's or? not. I mean, it, there are swims in those lakes. Yeah. Um, like Lake Michigan is huge. Um, I don't know that you, I don't know actually how big it is at its widest point. So, I mean, people do shorter distances in the Great Lakes. Yeah. What's your favorite lake to swim at here in Colorado? Do you have a favorite lake around here? Favorite body yeah, of water? Yeah. Um, you know, I can't. you can't beat the gravel pond at Chatfield. Yeah, all Just right. for convenience, yeah, you, you know, like, that is... Some, now we can identify with you. <laughs> yes. You know, that is... I spend a lot of time in the gravel pond. Um, but otherwise, I really love Turquoise, Turquoise Lake out by Leadville. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, it's beautiful You can there. swim there? I didn't even know that. Mm-hmm. Oh. Okay. That's so, pretty cold. I yeah. Bet. Yeah. Cool. How far... I mean, how far is that, that lake? Do I don't know. know. Um, been there t- yeah it takes a, it takes me like about six seven hours if i wanted to swim the circumference of it the altitude would be interesting mm, the altitude is good yeah because really it good. really affects like when i go swimming in winter yeah. park yeah it really affects you yeah. swimming yeah it does for sure so i noticed you're wearing a swim across america t-shirt yes is, are you are you participating in the swim across america is this part of you know Part, you know, are you part of that program? or? Um, I swam it this year. Okay. So uh, raised money for it this year. Okay. Um, I wouldn't say that I'm like a, like a organizer or anything like sure. anything okay. other than just a participant. But okay. I think it's a good cause. does and, good things. And how much money did you, did you raise? I don't know. Okay. Over a thousand. That's great. <laughs> okay. Good. I got a free hat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So um, maybe we could take a, a question from the audience. Do you, you guys want to, have uh, any questions? You want to... I'm just like baffled. And the fact that you do this without a wetsuit, mm-hmm. I mean, how do you train for that? I mean, how do you get acclimated to sustain your yeah. body? Yeah. I mean, not... 
it takes years, you know, like when I did horse tooth that first time in 2007, the water was 72 and I was cold. Like I was getting leg cramps because I was so cold at 72. Now I will melt at 72. So it just takes time. You just have to get in it and be in it. You start really slow. Um, it hurts. It doesn't feel good, but you know, you just kind of gradually push yourself a little bit more, a little bit more. I mean, over time it gets a lot easier. I was very comfortable at 64. Like that wasn't being cold was not a factor for me on this swim. But yeah, it just, it does. It just takes time and practice and getting mentally okay with being cold. (laughs) Anybody else have a question? question? No? Oh, come on. A brave soul. All right, here we go. So we saw you coming out of the water. Obviously, M&M's crucial part of recovery. Very Um, crucial. How long did it take you to recover? I mean, I know... I watched you on the television and you were mm-hmm. like, my, my tongue is so swollen, I mm-hmm. can hardly talk. How long did it take you to physically sort of begin to feel normal after that? And, and again, could yeah. you go to sleep? Had you had so much caffeine that you yeah, awake I, for the next five days? Or? Yeah. No, I fell asleep pretty good. <laughs> that wasn't a challenge. Um, you know, it took about 48 hours for my tongue and my mouth to kind of like go back to normal. Um, I would say it's only been in the, like the last week or so when I've been swimming that like, my arms and shoulders don't hurt um, from all of it. So, um, you know, just acute symptoms probably, you know, go away in like three to four days. But like the longer term recovery is a few weeks for sure. What What would you say is maybe the greatest thing you've learned from the entire process of, of ultra swimming in general, not just the English Channel? And if you were talking to yourself sitting next to you, your 18 year old self with that proverbial launching pad if you were at launch by the way so that's a good segue right um launch coffee here in golden but what would you tell that 18 year old that you've learned that could help them in their life just not to limit yourself i mean we are as humans are capable of so much more than we believe that we can do whether it's mentally or physically and so i would tell that 18 year old little Sarah like don't give up and keep keep pushing yourself because once I don't know once you kind of find your potential and you know find what you're meant to be doing it's a really great feeling um I don't know we can do a lot of things keep dreaming big I I can't think of a better way to end with that with that statement um yeah I think I think that's amazing Sarah, thank you. We yeah. are honored to have yeah. some time with you and have you tell us your story and be able to hear it directly from you. Yeah, well, thanks um, for having me. Yeah, thank you for inspiring us and uh, setting a great example for uh, well for future 18-year-old Sarahs. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I hope they're out there. Yeah, absolutely. Do you, do you, do you, do you have any sense of um, a target on your back? Like, do you think someone's going to go for five next year or is it going to be you that's going to go for five next I don't know. I guess we'll see. We'll see. I hope if someone goes for five, they let me come on the boat. That's awesome. (laughs) Great. Well, thank you so much. Yep. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Thank you, Sarah. Yeah. Thanks. All right. Three, oh, three, radio, Colorado.